so, as Hashem Yisbarak, so let's continue what uh, the sugi that we started last week. So again, we took a little bit of a break uh, from Sefer Yeshua to talk about the Indian of Mashiach and Gula, Yemaisa Mashiach. And so, uh, you know, during this time of the time of the year, so we'll continue on with that. So, uh, like I mentioned last week, the truth is, Abedar Kalal try to keep every shear self-contained. But Lemaisa, what we learned last week is uh, pretty much the foundation for what we're going to be learning for the next few weeks. So uh, for those that haven't heard it, maybe it's good to hear it, Al-Khazer, for a few minutes to get the basic idea, and then we'll go weiter. So what we talked about last week was both in Halacha, and then we saw that a little bit in Pneumius, is what we, first what we, what we found out in Halacha is that we have this idea that's called the Malchus of the Jewish people. That we know the Malchus of the Jewish people. We have a king of the Jewish people. Uh, and that Malchus of the Jewish people is not just a uh, political, you know, arrangement. The Malchus of the Jewish people means that the Jewish people can be seen as one big entity. That's what it means to have a Malchus. That's what it means, the Malchus of the Jewish people. That's what makes the Malchus of the Jewish people unique. It's not just a shutfis. It's not just a partnership or, uh, you know, a united states on, on some level. It's a one entity, one organism. And the truth is that's true... Halachically, there's many situations in halach that we find such a thing that the malchus of the Jewish people redefines the Jewish people as one big entity. We find that in halacha. That's true even psychologically. We'll speak about this as Hashem in coming weeks as well. That the Jewish people, when the malchus of the Jewish people was strong and, and in full, we had a melech for malchus based David. And then psychologically and spiritually, every single Jew saw themselves and felt themselves as part of this bigger entity called the Jewish people. That's what the Malchus of the Jewish people was. That's what the Malchus of the Jewish people is going to be. The phenomenon of Gaulus, where the Malchus of the Jewish people seemingly has been dismantled, is that no longer, that's what we saw from the Vilna Gain last week, is that the destruction of the Beis HaMegdash and the, the end, or seemingly the end of Malchus based David, means the, the demise and the death of that big collective organism called Klaistral. And instead of having this one collective consciousness and seeing ourselves as part of this big entity in halacha and in, and in Pneumius, we see ourselves as individuals. Yes, we get together for a minion and uh, we build kehilas. Abel it's still a bunch of pratim and a bunch of individuals walking around uh, partnering with each other for similar goals. But it's not, but it's not a oneness. And that's, that's the difference between Golas and Gula. That's the difference between having Malchus based David and not having Malchus based David. Collective or entity versus individual Pratim, individual Yidin running around. Now, the Chiddush that we saw last week is that in Halach we found this based on Rambam and Minchas Chinuch, is that even though the, the, the Malchus based David on the outside has ended and it seems to have transitioned from this collective entity of Klai Yisrael to individual people running around, what we saw in Halacha, and we'll see this in Pneumius as well, is that that's not true. Malchus based David did not end. Malchus based David, we'll use the words, went into hiding. And that's what we saw in Halacha, that when Mashiach comes and he's the return of the, the Malchus based David, he's not going to need any anointing. And he's not going to need any ceremony in order to establish him as king. He's automatically going to be king once he shows himself worthy of that, of once he proves that he, that he is, because that's really what's going on. There already is Malchus based David, but instead of Malchus based David being out in the open with uh, power and everything that goes with it, and all the halachas that come with Malchus based David, Malchus based David is in hiding. There is such a thing. Even the truth is, if you think about it, again, Bez Hashem, one day we'll get to this in Navi, but this happened. This happened during Malchus based David itself. David and Melch went into, he went uh, on the run when his son of Shalom was, was threatening him, and so the Malchus went into hiding. And we'll find this. There are stories in Sefer Shmuel about this, that when David Melech was in hiding, there was a big shiloh amongst the G'dayla Hadar at the time. Is he called a Melech? Is, it, is there such a thing as a Melech that's in hiding? And so, for example, the, the, you know, uh, this was a big debate amongst, amongst the tzaddikim at the time, but the consensus was the psak of, of David Melech and his Sanhedrin and so on, and that's the psak of old Dairis, is that even though David Melech was in hiding, he was still the king. He was still a king. And when he came back, he didn't need to be anointed again. Was, uh, the Malchus did not end. He was the king. And anyone that disrespected him at the time of him going into his personal exile had the halachic status of someone that's married by Malchus. So that, there is such a thing as a Malchus that's in Gullus. There's such a thing of Malchus as in Gullus. 
So that's what we have in halacha, that the Malchus based David did not end, it just went to hiding. So although now we don't see that collective organism, it's still there, but it's just in hiding. So where is it? And so that's what we ended with last week, is that in Primus we're taught that this collective mitzias of Kal Yisrael, which is Malchus based David, during Golis it goes into hiding into every single individual Jew. And that's, that, and that's the, the definition of Golis. Not that we don't have this reality of Kla Yisrael, this reality of Malchus based David, but Malchus based David finds itself within the life of every single, every single individual Jew. And we're walking around on the outside with a, with, a, with a personalized and individualized way of thinking and consciousness and just uh, partnering with each other for, you know, for common goals. And we're just a bunch of Pratim. But on the inside, what's cooking within us is the entirety of Kla Yisrael. This is where we're going to see some of the effects of this on all different levels. So that's the, that was the study that we established last week. Now, by the way, uh, we're not going to go into this this week so much, but just, you know, what we're talking about now, what I spoke about last week and what we're going to continue on to develop this idea for a few weeks, you should know, without necessarily quoting it, because I might not quote it that much, maybe at some point we will, this is in a certain sense the key, the mafteach, to all the writings of Rav Kook. This is a major, major study in the writings of Rav Cook, where you have this idea of, you know, one of the major, like it's a big sugya by itself, but one of the major um, inyanim that Rav Cook talks about in his writings is what he calls the tchia, the resurrection, right? And he, when he said the resurrection, he's not talking about tchia samesim like the way we think of it in Yud Gimel uh, Ikrim. He was talking about in his time, late 1800s and so on, where there was a... Uh, uh, you know, um, what's it called? When there was a, 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 a renaissance of the Jewish people in terms of building Eretz Yisrael, wanting to come back, having their own country, even politically having their own country, and he called that the Tchia, the resurrection. Now that term that he used to describe such a thing, is not, he, was not, he did not come from nowhere. It was coming from that Vilna Gaon that we saw last week. That, that Vilna Gaon described the death, the destruction of Eretz which means the death of that collective whole of Klai Yisrael, and the Vilna Gaon ended that paragraph by saying, and now we're just waiting for Tchiyas HaMesim. So Tchiyas HaMesim is, re- not, it, there's still Tchiyas HaMesim that we're waiting for, there's literally people coming back to life. But in this metaphorical sense, Rav Kuk, uh, the Vilna Gaon touched that the coming of Mashiach means the resurrection of that collective entity called Klai Yisrael. And so Rav Kuk talks about that as the Tchiyah. But what's amazing about this Indian of Rav Kuk identified Klai Yisrael's desire, that, like this awakening, of building Eretz Yisrael, of coming together, of moving out of the shtetl and being in that way of details of just looking out for your particular mindset, but creating the Klai Yisrael consciousness with all the good things that come with it and all the terrible things that come with it. But that, that, that idea, he called that the Tchia. What's unique, though, in the writings of Rav Kook is that he writes of it from a perspective, and it's not something you pick up on right away, but with time and you read his writings, you see this, and this is where it's coming from. He's writing from the perspective of, of that collective consciousness emerging from the individual, sort of the individual's way of, of, of connecting and absorbing and sort of uh, 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 feeling that quality emerge. That's, that, that, that's this is sight of Klai Yisrael not being non-existent and waiting for some miracle to take place, but it already exists in the individual, it just has to come out of hiding that's a very, very fundamental core in all of Rav Cook's writings. That's, that's really all he's talking about in what, what that... And he, and he saw at his time this happening. He saw that the, this hidden Malchus based David emerging out of the individuals and all the different, all the different uh, problems even that come from that of where they have this like now inner conflict between who you were as like a Golistic Yid, right, as an individual, and now who you are as as part of this collective entity and all the conflict that comes with that, both individually and generationally. That's also what he saw as a generational gap between the older generation that were much more, their, their consciousness was much more individualized, whereas the younger generation, their consciousness was much more tchiedic and much more uh, collective. And so that caused a lot of friction as well. But that's, 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 all of his writings are revolving around that. So maybe we'll get to there at some point, but just... You know, it's a, it's a big yisai. Once you have this yisai, it's, it, it opens up a lot of things in Ryan's Rav Cook. Anyway, so that's the yisai. Again, so Malchus based David, Klal Yisrael, is now found in every individual, in the, every individual yid. So now, what we're going to learn about this week, this morning, is 
one particular effect of this? How do we, in, in one, one, one aspect of Klai Yisrael and Yiddishkeit, and, uh, and, uh, and how it was during the times of Malchus based David when it was revealed, and how it is when Malchus based David is hidden, we'll see uh, how it affects this particular aspect of Yiddishkeit. And the aspect that we're, talk- that we're going to talk about is learning. Learning Torah, Torah Shabbat Sav, Torah Shabbat Peh, you'll see. Okay, so, so let's see the Marmar Kaimis. So, Shkoyach Avi for making them. Okay, so in Marmar number one, so it's the Gemara in Tainus. Okay, it's Gemara Tainus, Hey, and Beis. So the Gemara says the following, the following thing. Amr Le Rab Nachman Le Rab Yitzchak. So Rab Nachman said to Rab Yitzchak, Ma'idich Sev, what's the meaning of the Pasuk, Vahiki Kasher Zakin Shmuel? Shmuel, the Pasuk describes. Shmuel as an elder, that he was getting very, very old. And that's the whole mice over there. It's, it's getting very old, and uh, eventually this, this Pasuk is the beginning of the story of the, of the Petir, of the Histalkus of Shmuel Hanavi. But it describes Shmuel as very old. So it says, So said Rav Nachman to Rav Yitzchak, Umi siv Shmuel koi hai, what Shmuel was so old? Vahabar nun bezav, he was only 52, that's not so old, he, you know. Dalmar Mar, because you have a tradition, that mace benun beishan, if a person passes away, lolenu at 52, so it's not a, a sign of anything wrong with the person. That's the that's how old Shmuel was. So you see, Shmuel was only fifty-two. That you're going to describe him as a zakin. Why is that described as a zakin? So Amr Lei. So Rabbi Yitzchak responded, "Hachi Am Rabbi Yochanan." So the answer is we have a, a statement from Rabbi Yochanan, "Zikna Kafza Olav." That you're right. He wasn't he wasn't that old, but some but the old age jumped upon him. So even though he was only fifty-two, he looked and 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 seemed much much older than that. Dichsev. So why? Why would the Rebbe Hashem do that? Not only have him die at such a young age, but the fact that he should now, like, sort of have, you know, have an old, live as an old man in such a, an early, early years. So what's the story? So the says like this, it says in right? So we know that, Dovnim, that, Shol, that Shmuel Anavi is the one to anoint Shol HaMelech. Shol HaMelech pretty much almost, almost uh, right away was given the opportunity to destroy Amalek, right? He doesn't. And so Hashem says to Shmuel Hanavi, Nichanti kim I regret making Shaul the king. I want to demote him as king and we'll, play, we'll replace him with who is going to be David HaMelech. So Amr so Shmuel says to Hashem at that moment, Shekaltani You in Tehillim, you equated me with Maish and Aaron. So you see that the Pasuk equates me with Maish and Aaron. So Shmuel therefore uses that. Uh, so he says, No, if I'm like Moshe and Aaron, then, then you should treat me like Moshe and Aaron. Moshe and Aaron, what they, what they accomplished in their lives, they didn't see it unravel before them. They didn't see it unravel before them. So So I shouldn't have to see that either. That the thing that I worked hard on to establish, which is the kingdom of Shol Melech, I should see that undone while I'm alive. In other words, he was davening that, that what he meant, what he, probably what he, what he anticipated the davening to, to mean is a let Shmuel HaMelech's Malchus continue and I shouldn't have to see it being undone. So Amar Kadesh Baruch Hashem accepted the tefillah, but here's the problem. So Hashem said, hey Chiyab, what am I supposed to do now? So lay Mashol, to have Shol die and to have his kingdom unravel right now, like a Shavik Shmuel. Shmuel's not letting me, right? Okay, so what's the other option? Lay Mashmuel, so Shmuel should die, so he, that he shouldn't see the unraveling of Shol. He's young, he's only 52, he's only, you know, uh, and people are going to start questioning him. Maybe he wasn't as big of a tzaddik as we thought. If Shmuel doesn't die, and Shol doesn't die, and I just let Shol's Malchus continue, it's already time for Malchus-based David. And no Malchus, if the time is right, it can't, one Malchus cannot go into another kingdom's territory, even like a hair's breadth. So it's time for David. So what am I supposed to do? So Hashem decides, Akbits all of Zikna. Shmuel is going to pass away. But instead of, but to protect his name, that people shouldn't think that, uh, God forbid, he did something wrong or something like that. So I'll make him like an old man. You know what I'm saying? I'll, 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 when people see him and interact with him, they'll see him aging quickly, and it won't be such a shock if he passes away. That's the meaning of the Pasuk. That Shol is sitting in Giva under a tree in the place of Rama. That's the Pasuk. So these two places that the Pasuk describes Shol sitting in, Giva and Rama, are two different parts of Eretz Yisrael. 
So says the Gemara, V'chimayin in Giva Yitzel Rama, these two uh, mamish different places. So how, why are we describing at the end of Malchus, the kingdom of Shol, he's being described as in Rama and in Giva. What does that mean? The answer is, The answer is what the Pesach is hinting to, what gave Shoal the right to continue to be king and his capital was in the place of Giva for two and a half years, even after he messed up with Amalek, his Malchus should have already been taken away. The answer is, The davening of Shmuel in Ramah helped Shoal in Giva remain king for a little bit of time. Anyway, that's the Gemara. Okay, so we have this you have this Indian that show, that the Rabbanu Shalom was sort of like Kivyochel, you know, forced into a corner. What am I supposed to do? Like Malchus based David has to has to come. Shol has to go, but but Shol but Shmuel is not letting me do that. He doesn't want to see that. So okay, so Shmuel is going to have to die. But instead of but making sure that it's not uh, people don't question him. So Kavs al Zikna, I'll make him an old man. Okay. So what's the What's going on over here? It sounds like Kivyochel, as if like people's lives are just being taken away because of a cheshbainus. Like, okay. So in Marmokin number two, there's a piece from Ratzadik in Sefer Poikidek. It's Mamasha half of the Gideon. The way Ratzadik teaches this Gemara and sees it, it's amazing. So a little bit of background before we see this piece. This piece in Ratzadik in Poikidek on page ten is talking about the Indian of Nevuah. Okay, Nevuah. We know that the 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 you know nowadays like the the, the like one of the great titles like in in the Torah world that you could have. Is uh, Rosh Hashiva, right? That's pretty much, that's pretty much pretty good. Or now there's a new term called Sar something, right? Fine, very nice, whatever it is. Rosh Hashiva, Sar something, okay. But uh, in the times of the Beis Hamikdash, the title that was given to someone, not the people that have such a title are deserving it. I'm just saying it's like a funny thing. We, okay, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so the point is, is that uh, is that uh, the times of the Beis Hamikdash, the title that a person had to reach was the greatest title of all. That was Navi. That was Navi. It was the time of Tarshvich Sav, the written Torah. And Yiddishkeit was revolving around Nevoah. That's what it was. These were the great tzaddikim, the great leaders of the generation of Nevoah. <clears throat> now, of all the Nevi'im, we had many Nevi'im, but there was one person who even Chazal, Chazal defined and described as the, as the one that rejuvenated Nevoah, that really was created a renaissance of Nevoah. That was Shmuel HaNavi. The Pasik even says, the Pasik really says this, that before Shmuel Hanavi, there were Nevi'im, but it was Shach. They weren't that many, they weren't that, that powerful. Shmuel Hanavi created a complete revolution in Nevuah, Mamish, Yeshivas, and just Koil him, whatever, you know, it was a, a whole revolution of Nevuah. So he was Mamish the Navi. Okay, with that, so let's see where something says in Pekedeka, number two. Madregis Doris Hanavi'im, it's an amazing thing, who Yachid. Nefesh achas ben sharin nefashas. Let me explain outside what Ratzalik says, and we'll see it inside together. Ratzalik says like this: the power of nevuah. We'll just go through the words. The power of nevuah says Ratzalik is really a power that's a klal yisrael inyan. It's a klal yisrael inyan. It's not an inyan that's from the individual. It's a klal yisrael inyan. Um, and this is why it's not a coincidence why nevuah, you know, after the destruction of the first base of Migdash, which is that was the Tukufa where there was Malchus, Malchus and there was this collective whole Klaus consciousness, that's when they were Nevi'im. Malchus Bayes region ends, there's no more Nevi'im anymore. So Nevuah is a Klaus decay. But what's amazing is, is that not every year is a Navi. So what happened, therefore, says Ratzel, like really what, the way Nevuah works is that although it's a Kayach, it's a power, it's an energy that is a Klaus energy, but not every yid is worthy of tapping into that kayach. So you have selected individuals that have been chosen because of their own avayda or whatever the case may be to be the ones to harness that energy. And so, says Ratzadik, what you find by nevuah, therefore, is on some level, when you have an individual person attaining the status of navi, it's on everyone else's cheshvan. Because his power to be a navi is coming from other yidin. So you have, you have, you have uh, 10 yidin, for example, right? And every single yid has a certain level of, of nevuah energy. But, but nine out of them are not using their kaychas because they're not, whatever the case may be, they're not, uh, they're not nevuah. They're not, they're not holding by such a thing. But you have one yid that's holding by, by a madriga being a navi. But again, he only has a certain amount of nevuah, of kaychah nevuah in him because he's just another yid amongst yidin. So how do you get him to be a mamish? What we would call that the kaiyach of nevuah should be so potent within him that it emerges in such a way that we could, that we can see him as a navi, that he could function as a navi. The answer is all the kaiyachs of nevuah from the other nine yidden 
are siphoned off and go into him. And now he, therefore, is building up his power of Amuna on the cheshben of these other nine Yidin, and, uh, and now he could emerge as a Navi. But it's another Yidin's cheshben. says where it's like this, Madregas Doris HaNaviyim, the Madrega of the generations of the Nevi'im, the Nevu'ah of the earlier generations, who yachid, it can only be experienced by the individual, nefesh achas, bein shar nefashas, one individual from amongst other Yidin. V'nemar, now okay, fine, in other words, not every Jew was a Navi, you had certain, you had many of them, but uh, this was not something that every Yid had, it wasn't like, like nowadays every Yid could do Daf you know what I'm saying, it wasn't like every Yid can be a Navi, it, was, it wasn't like that, it was select few, select few, but says Ratzadik V'nemar, but you should know, this individual Navi that's been chosen, it's mi kirbecha meachicha. When the Pasuk describes a Navi, it describes him as one individual person from your brothers or from amongst you. I mean from your brothers from amongst you. One Yid, and we know what a Yid is. No, he's a Yid from amongst other Yid. Why do you have to say those words from amongst other Yid? Hainu. Shekayach navi hu mi kirbecha. The answer is because the power of a Navi is actually coming from other Yid. That he's taking from their kaychas of nevuah that are dormant, that they're not using, and he's using them. The Bahamas says, because like, the truth is, every single Jew has within him, to a certain degree, the kayach, the power, the energy of having, of having a connection to nevuah. All of Yisrael received this in Harsinai. And Sheikh comes, bless Hashem, will, you know, the Pasuk even says in Sefer Yoel and so on, that everyone will be Nevi'im by the times of Mashiach. That's a power that we receive from Harsina. Ella. Shabaylam Haza. But until Mashiach comes, even during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, who Nelam, it's hidden amongst every single Yid. The Echad Hazoichelikach, but the one individual Jew that we call the Navi, that's been worthy of tapping into that Kayach. Hashem established him as a, as a Navi. He's only becoming a Navi because of his particular portion, but also because of the portions of other Yidin that he's, that he's taking. That's why there's so much of a Shefa by this individual Jew, because he's experiencing the power, not just of his own personal Chelek, but of the Chelek of from his other brothers as well. It becomes so intense in this individual person that Imamish flows out in a revealed way. But, you should know, it's on the cheshven of other yidin. It's on the cheshven of other yidin. Such a thing. Now, therefore, it says what's like an amazing thing, Maramaka number three. So everything's Bashkach HaPratis. So Shmuel Hanavi, and this is what he was supposed to, it's not a taina, Adra, but this is what he was supposed to do. Shmuel Hanavi created a renaissance of Nevuah. He was Machazik the of Nevuah. So, which is a beautiful thing, because that was the Indian at that time of having Nevi'im. But there's a cheshben to it. Because as Shmuel HaNavi is creating and establishing more and more Nevi'im, it means that every single Navi that he's establishing is taking Kaychus away from other Yidin. So, it's, in a certain sense, it's as the Gemara puts it, Idchi Gavra Mikimei Gavra, one Jew is being pushed aside to make room for another Jew. So, you need, we need to make room for this Navi to emerge. That means you have to push away other Yidin, right? You have to sort of take Kaychus away from other Yidin, to give it to this guy. So we're pushing away, we're, 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 uh, we're, we're choosing one Jew, selecting him on the expense of other Yidin. That's what a Navi is, which, 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 which is a, 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 an unfortunate byproduct of this Mitzias, but this is the Mitzias of a Navi. The Nimsa, Marmak number three, so he continues, Nimsa. In Yinavuhu, so what is it? So therefore it tells you that what's the, 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 one, of the one of the components Necessary to establish Nevoa is Idchid Gavra Mikimei Gavra. Is one Jew being pushed aside to make room for another? That's what it is. It's a mistake. Shenaflu Mimadrigasam. Kedeshazay Yisroimim. That one Jew is lowered to allow another Jew to be lifted up. That's what Nevoa is. Vizel Haramasi. And that's why Bashkacha Pratis, Shmuel Hanavi, had to die in such a way that he's dying to make room for another Jew. Think about it, right? That's exactly what's going on. Hashem has to, has to there has to, we got to make room. Melech, it's time for Davon Melch. And for Davon Melch to come, it means Shol has to be removed. But Shol can't be removed until Shmuel is removed. So fine, so Shmuel has to be removed first. So that means that, 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 what, that what established the death of Shmuel Hanavi was this, this uh, difficult situation that Hashem was put in Kiviachal of there's, no, there's not enough room. We need Davon Melch to come, but there's not enough room for us. So we got to start moving other pieces away. 
which sounds like hashkafically is a difficult thing to swallow, of one Jew being removed to make room for another, but says that something is because that's exactly what Shmuel Wanavi was doing in establishing Nevi'im. He was supposed to, it was a holy zach, but that was his avoida. One second, let's just move on. So he says like this, that his death came from such a way of, of, of making room for a Jew by removing another Jew. That's, that, that's how he died. Because since he was the Rebbe of all Nevi'im, and he really brought this Indian to reality in a strong way, which is called Nevu'ah, which itself is, is, is predicated on this idea of making room for one Jew by taking other Jews away. So he says, So he himself experienced that in his own life. Now this is a, we're not going to be able to go into this too much, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things that could play with your head. So if it's starting to play with your head, ignore it, okay? So something says like this, Anything that a person does which has an effect on another Jew, in a way that the other Jew that's affected by you has a taina, even if what you did was correct, but it causes another Jew to have a taina, something that this other Jew is losing because of your gain, even though it was supposed to happen, it was meant to happen, you did the right thing, it's not wrong. But Lamaisa, your gain was on someone else's cheshman. The Rabbanishon has to even things out at some point. So that's such an idea. We find this, by the way, um, you know, there's a concept we know of Gilgulim, right? Reincarnation. So in the Kisri we find that the, that the main reasons for Gilgulim are are personal and young, the person has to work on. So uh, every year it has to be Mekayim to our mitzvahs. If, uh, if he's missing a mitzvah, maybe he'll come back as a Gilgul to be Mekayim the mitzvah. He did an Avera to come back as a Gilgul to fix that Avera. Things like that. That's usually, that's usually how it goes. In the writings of the Ramami Panu, one of the great Italian Kabbalim, so the Ramami Panu, in fact, he has a whole sefer called Gilgul and Shamas. And what's amazing is that if you go through that sefer and he talks about all different reincarnations, uh, a theme emerges out of his svarim, which is not like that rizal. Not it's not uh, it's not it's not against that rizal per se, but it's a new new idea, which is that sometimes gugulim happen not so much about fixing a mistake per se, but just about balancing relationships. So you'll have in one lifetime one person's a parent, one person's a child. The next lifetime it'll be reversed. Just to, not because there's anything wrong with being a child or being a parent. There's nothing you know. It's just but it's an imbalanced relationship. One's the giver, one's the receiver. You know. So in order to, for things to be even, things to be balanced, there is such a thing that part of the Rebbeinu Shemesh is not good or bad per se, but it's just everything, should, there should be an equality, there should be a, you know, a, you know, a, 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 an equilibrium amongst Yidna, some, some level of, of, of evenness. And so that's what Sadiq is saying over here. There's, it's not a Tainan Shmuel. He did, it's exactly what he was supposed to do. Right? I'm getting myself in trouble. It's, a, it's exactly what he was supposed to do. But Lamaisa, there's a Cheshman, and, and the, what he brought to the world, which is Nevuah, was on the cheshman of other yidin. So, midah kenegin midah, that's how his life was taken as well, that his life was taken to make room for David HaMelech. So that, that was the cheshman of how, uh, of how, uh, of how the Rabbanu Shalom acted with Shmuel. Now, now here's an amazing thing, Ratzadik, just the way, the way he sees Tanakh. Think about it. Another person that the, the sugi of Shmuel Hanavi's life being taken to make room for David is revolving around Shol HaMelech, right? That's the, he's the major person over here that's throwing a wrench in things, right? Because you need David HaMelech to emerge, but Shol's not going anywhere. So we need Shmuel to be taken away first, to then Shol be taken away, and then David could emerge. This is all coming because of Shol HaMelech. HaNivchar Shel Sheva Binyamin, who was the greatest of the tribe of Binyamin, right? He was coming from Sheva Binyamin. The Gamba latest Binyamin, because you find this already in the root in Binyamin. It's Dafka Binyamin that has this Indian. Why? Because how was Binyamin born? Binyamin was born, he was born, and Rochel Menu dies. According to the Svarmak Daishim, that Rizal talks about this, it's not the Pshat that Rochel Menu just died in childbirth. Rochel Menu only had Kaichis for one child, and that was Yosef Atzadik. But because Rochel Menu davened, Yosef Li Hashem Ben Acher want to have another child that, she, that, all, that she should have a bigger chalik in the, in, the, in, the, in the 12 Shvatim. So when Binyamin was born, okay, the, the, it's opening questions, whatever, I, I'm not able to answer them, but just uh, that the Neshama Binyamin came to the world only through him taking the Neshama of Rachel. Because it was only a certain amount of kaychas that Rachel had to give. 
And so uh, there, there was enough to go around. So Binyamin comes by taking Rachel. It wasn't just Tom, he, he's born and now Rachel you know, just happened to pass away. The death of Rachel was allowing Binyamin to come to the world. And that's why Yaakovinu loved Binyamin, so he's so protective of Binyamin, because on some level, a very major imprint of Rachel Imenu was on the soul of Binyamin. They were bound to each other in such a way. So, the, so think about this. As we're telling, the root of this idea of one Jew be, needing to be taken away to make room for another is rooted in Binyamin. So this sugya of one Jew being taken away to make room for the other is going to be in the sugya Binyamin and all of his all of his diaries. Okay, this is Ratzadik, is cla- you know, it's a classic mind-blowing Ratzadik. What's the point for us? Okay, so the point for going back to our Sugya, the point for our Sugya is that th- this is how n- that Nevuah is what? Nevuah is a cl- none of us again. Nevuah is a Klai Yisodekinian, but not every Yid is a Navi. So it's a Klai Yisodekinian, but one Yid emerges as a Navi because he's taking the Kaychas of Nevuah from other Yid. That, that, that's what Ratzadik says. That's how Nevuah works. That's all Nevuah. The destruction of the base of takes place. And now there's a great transition in Yiddishkeit that instead of the, the top of the mountain being the Navi, the top of the mountain now is the Rosh Hashiva. In other words, there's a transition from Tarshav Achsav, from the Vua, to Tarshav Alpeh. And Tarshav Alpeh, in the Rise of Ratzadik, at least initially, we find it's a completely different, diametrically opposed system. Again, how does the Vua work? The Vua starts off as a Kla Yisod and it's a, if it's a Klai Yisrael Dekeinian, and you have one Yid coming out, and, he's, uh, and if he emerges as a Novi, it's, it's, it's because he's taken the Kaifas from Klai Yisrael. Take a look at Marmokka number four, though. This is in Sefer Pike, it's a little bit a mistake. This is in Pike at Ikram, page 52. So over here, Rav Tzavik is talking about the Yid of Tarsh Balpeh, and how, and how different it is from Tarsh Vichsav, from the Vua. V'yesh gamkin l'kol Yisrael achiz of Tarsh Balpeh. Whereas Nevoah was a collective experience that an individual can have only if he's taking from the collective whole, Tarshbal Peh says, Ratzavik, that's individualized. Tarshbal is individualized. Every single yid has their chilek of Tarshbal Peh, and it's their chilek. It's not anyone else's chilek that they have to take from. Tarshbal Nevoah looks at yidin as one big entity. And so you have one person speaking as the Navi, but it's, he's really speaking for Klai Yisrael. And he's coming because of the Kachas of Klai Yisrael. It's a Klai Yisrael Sugi. And so unless every Yid is a Navi, whoever is the Navi is on Klai Yisrael's Chesh. Not so with Tarsh Baal Peh. Tarsh Baal Peh is no, not, not Klai Yisrael anymore. It's now individual Yid. And every individual Yid has your Chelek of Tarsh Baal Peh to bring out. And your chelik of Tarsh Baal Peh is not in anyone else's chesh, it's completely detached from everyone else. You have your chelik and finish. Everyone is now an individual person with their personalized ideas that they have to bring out, and that's it. And it's not on anyone else's chesh, it's not, it's not coming from them, it's not, it's not coming from this color. Every individual Jew, and that's the difference between Yiddishkeit, between Torah, when there's Malchus based David, where it's a collective experience, and if there's one Jew experiencing it, it means that he's taking from the collective versus no Malchus based David, and now it's just a bunch of individual people with their personalized inyan and personalized kaychas, and that's it. And it's not on anyone else's cheshman. I'm not coming from that yid. I'm coming from myself. And every yid is coming from himself. And that's Tarsh Peh. Says Ratzadik, Every yid has, a, has an achiz, has a portion in Tarsh Peh. Even people that are not learned and not able to learn, they also have a, a portion in Tarsh Balpeh. They might not, it might not be, uh, it might not come out as sophisticated as other people's portion of Tarsh Balpeh, but any insight, any innovation, any new idea, any new experience in Avodah Hashem that a Jew can experience, that's called their portion in Tarsh Balpeh. It might be concealed, they might not realize it, they might not identify it as Tarsh Baal Peh, but it's, uh, it's something, it's, it's their personal chelik in Yiddishkeit. And when Sheikh comes, it says in Pasuk, everyone, every Yid is going to know me. That their secret chelik of Tarsh Baal Peh is going to emerge. So in other words, in other words, says Ratzadik, when it comes to Nevu, again, because, just to make this clear, I hope it's understandable. 
because Nevoah is a Klai Yisrael Dekeinyan, so any individual person that's a Navi can only be coming Mikayach Klai Yisrael. And so he's emerging as a Navi on the Cheshvan of other individual Yidin because no Jew can be a Navi by himself because it's, it's, it's a Klai Yisrael Indian. So how are you a Navi? The answer is because you're represent and you're taking from other individual Yidin. And now all the Kaiches of Klai Yisrael are funneled into you. And that was Shmuel Navi. But not so with Tarsh Balpeh. Tarsh Balpeh is not like that. Tarsh Balpeh is every individual Jew by yourself, not because of Kal Yisrael, it's funneling into you. No, no. You by yourself, you have a chalik of Tarsh Balpeh. And you could, you could come up with your ideas, and it's not in anyone else's cheshman. It's not in the cheshman. Everyone can, can come up with their ideas. This is why, by the way, Ratzadik writes somewhere, he says that's why, that's why when it comes to a yard site, it's interesting, he says a yard site um, of Chachamim of Tarsh Balpeh, B'derachkal, we celebrate. It's like, we celebrate their yard site. Whereas the yard site of, let's say, Moshe Rabbeinu, or Aaron Akayan, we don't celebrate, there's a certain level of Avelis, or, or you know, even fasting and so on, by the, avail- by the yard site of Chachamim, of Tzadikim, of Tarsh Vachsav. What's the difference? So he says, because when it comes to Tarsh Vachsav, that person was the Navi. And when the person passes away, the Navi's gone. So there's an actual loss. But when it comes to Tarsh Balpeh, when it comes to Tarsh Balpeh, when, 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 when the Tzadik passes away, it's not really a loss, per se. It makes room for every individual Jew to discover their kaychus. Because when you're a Talmud, you can't talk. But if the Rebbe goes away, now there's room for you to come up with your ideas. So on some level, it's... Okay, it's, uh, again, where <laughs> Tzadik is, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that can... You know, everything is upside down in the world of Rav Tzadik, you know what I'm saying? So all of a sudden, the stalkers of Tzadik, there's a benefit to it because now the Talmudim could come up on their own. Okay, there's such a thing. But anyway, the point being is that initially, the difference between Nevuah and Tarsh Peh is reflective of this Indian. That what? That Tarsh that Nevuah is what? Is a Kla Yisrael Indian. And therefore, one Jew that's the Navi, it's on the Cheshman of other Yidin because it's, it's not coming from his individual... It's not coming from his individuality. It's coming from Kali Yisrael. So only one, it's only a few people that can represent Kali Yisrael. You can't have every single Jew doing that. So that's Nevuah. But Tarsh Peh, it's coming from an individual, coming from your personal kaychas, your personal chelag, your personal letter of Torah. It's your ideas, and it's not anyone else's cheshman. Everyone can say their own vart, and it's not a problem. That's the difference between Tarsh Peh, Tarsh Peh, and that's reflective of what? Whether there is a Malchus based David, whether there is no Malchus based David, right? If there's a Malchus based David, it means it's a Klai Yisrael. If there's a Klai Yisrael, that's the Sug of Nevuah. But if there's no Malchus based David, now it's a bunch of individuals running around, then the Tarsh Peh that emerges is individualized. It's coming from your personal, your personal Chelek, and it's not in anyone else's Cheshm, it's personalized. But yet, like we saw, like we saw yet last week, and what I, I you know, we chazed over this morning is, that that's only on the outside. But the truth is, that that same Indian of Klai Yisrael did not go away, what happened? It itself is hidden and enters into the life of every individual Jew. Therefore, instead of thinking of Tarsh Bal Peh as completely different than Nevuah, that Nevuah is a Klai Yisrael Indian, and therefore you can only have one person rep, you know, representing that organism, right? or a few individuals representing that organism, and it's on anyone else's cheshman. Whereas Tarsh Peh is now individualized, it's each person's, their own chelek, and has nothing to do with anyone else. That's not really true. The real truth is, is that that same collective entity called Klai Yisrael now finds itself within every single individual Jew. And the real chiddush of Tarsh Peh is that every single Jew can, can speak and, be, and come up with ideas and come up with Chidushet with, Torah uh, and insights and innovations in Yiddishkeit that's coming from Kla Yisrael. But that Kla Yisrael, which in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, in order to speak on behalf of Kla Yisrael, it had to be on the Cheshmer of other Yidin. Now, it's not on the Cheshmer of, of, of other Yidin. The entirety of Kla Yisrael finds itself within every individual Jew. So in a certain sense, Kla Yisrael is greater than ever before. Because at the time of the Beis HaMikdash, Klai Yisrael was a certain size, so to speak. Uh, and, and, you, and, you, and, and, and that's what it was. You, you have one, one Navi is now speaking, you know, and it, that Kayach, that's Klai Yisrael, is now going to one individual person or a few individual people. Zel. Because there was only so much Kayachs to go around. 
But the Chiddush, the Chiddush of Golas, the Chiddush of Malchus based David in hiding, is that that entirety of Kaleistro has much more Kaleistro than we ever thought. And it has so much Kaleistro that it can actually fill each individual person. And each individual person can be speaking from the entirety of Kaleistro in a way that it doesn't take off of anyone else's Cheshman. That's the Chiddush of Malchus based David in Golas. So even though we don't see that collective of consciousness of Kal Yisrael, but that's really what's going on behind the scenes of every individual Jew. In other words, Tarsh Peh is no different than Tarsh Sav. Tarsh Peh is no different than Nevoah. It's just Nevoah, not only is it just in hiding, but it's in such a way where, it's, it's, where all of Kal Yisrael can constrict itself within every individual Jew to a degree, to a, in a way that it doesn't mean that you're taking from other Yidin, even though you're coming from Kal Yisrael. Take a look at Marmak and the Rafai. This is how they can say for Sisi Laila. Ukisvurim Anu, we think, he's talking about Tarsh Peh, and he, he's, he's talking about specifically the language that Chazal used to describe Tarsh Peh, which is Elo Ve'Elo, they're looking Chaim, right? Beshaim uh, Besil, whatever it is, they're both right, they're both the, the words of the living God. Okay, Halacha is like Besil, but they're both different Lukim Chaim. So he says like this Ukisvurim Anu, we think, Dubadai Tishal Chacham. That Tarsh means an idea that's coming from this particular rabbi, this particular Tam Chacham, it's his own idea. And maybe he's right, or maybe he's wrong, but it's uh, his own particular idea. The Eina Kain. Says Ratzadik, it's not true. Elagam Zeh Biyad Hashem. You should know, even Tarsh is really Nevuah. It's really Nevuah, but it's Nevuah that's been, that's been individualized, or it's been concealed in the heart of this particular Tam Chacham. And Hashem is illuminating his eyes and tilting his heart to finding the right truth that Hashem wants to be revealed through him. That's why it's called the words of the living God. It's The truth is, it's the words of Hashem. Like the Gemara says, that the Gemara says in Babasra, Nevu was taken away from Nevi'im. But Nevu wasn't taken away from Chacham. I mean, Nevu wasn't taken away from Chacham, they're not Nevi'im. The answer is, Debe'emes, whom Hashem is brach, mamish k'nevu'a. Sazer Tzadik is mamish k'nevu'a. It's Dvar Hashem. Just as there was, you know, Vaidavar Hashem al-Eshel Leymar, says, Vaidavar Hashem al-Ramesha Feinstein Leymar. I, Ramesha Feinstein, is not experiencing Espashtas Gashmis, and he's not rolling around on the floor. And his Divrei Torah are not on the Cheshman of other Yidin. So it would seem to be a completely different system. But says Rav Tzadik, no, no, no. Malchus based David exists. Klai Yisrael exists, but somehow miraculously, it finds itself. It's able to fit entire. Its entirety is able to fit in in the heart and mind of every individual Jew. And now the devar, the words that are coming out of your mouth in Tarsh Peh are the words of Klai Yisrael, which is exactly how Nevuah works. And what you're saying, therefore, is the Devar Hashem of Nevuah. But the miracle, the miracle of Malchus based David in exile is that it doesn't have to be on another Yitzchashman. That all of Klai Yisrael can fit within each and every individual one of us. And because of that, what can emerge out of us is mamish like Nevi'im, mamish like the Dvar Hashem of Nevuah. But it doesn't have to be on anyone else's Cheshman. And that's, the, that's, the, that's, the, that's what's amazing about this reality of Malchus based David and Golas, is that in a certain sense, it reveals the, 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 the power of Klai Yisrael in a much greater way. Because when Klai Yisrael were still when Malchus based David is revealed, and we still debate Samigdash, then the Jewish people, the power of Klai Yisrael was somewhat limited. So it's only a certain amount, it's only a certain amount, and there's only a certain amount of Klaichas to go around. And, and if one person is usurping it, so he's usurping it and finished, and it's on other people's Cheshman. But all of a sudden, when Klai Yisrael goes into Golis, then all of a sudden you realize there's so many layers to that 600,000. There's so many layers to that Klai Yisrael. And that Klai Yisrael, one dimension of it can fit in Ruvain, Another dimension of it can fit in Shimon. And Mamish, every single one of us, has the entirety of the Jewish people. And what emerges out of us, the Chedushim that we come up with, is Mamish Akla Yisotika Inyan. And it's something we all have to learn from, all have to experience, and all have to appreciate. And it's the Mamish, the word of Hashem, just like Nevi'im. But it's not in anyone else's Cheshman. Eilu ve'eilu devlekev Not so with Nevi'im, right? With Nevi'im, you're not going to find such a thing that one Navi says, go to war, and the other Navi says, don't go to war. Eilu ve'eilu No such thing. If you ha- we had such things in Tanakh, where you had one Navi saying, go to war, and another Navi says, not go to war, and one of them is a Navi Shekhar. So it doesn't work like that. Why? Because by the times of Nevuah, when Kal Yisrael is out in the open, it, it, you know, it, it's only, uh, it, it, there's no, it's not individualized. So it's one person that's coming from all of Kal Yisrael. So what does Kal Yisrael say? 
So is Kali Yisrael saying, go to war or not go to war? It can't be both. But once you have this revolution of what? Of Kali Yisrael, of, of Kali Yisrael going into hiding in every individual Jew, then all of a sudden you have this mitzvah of what? Of Kali Yisrael can be saying through this person, go to war. And Kali Yisrael can be saying from this person, don't go to war. And Elu Elu, they're looking behind. They're both coming from Kali Yisrael. How could Kali Yisrael think two things? Oh, okay, because you thought Kali Yisrael was so simple. Now you realize that Kali Yisrael is not so pashat. Kali Yisrael is much more infinite and much more deep than you ever thought. And that's the Chiddush of Golas. That's what emerges out of Golas, is that Yiddishkeit is a lot deeper and Kali Yisrael a lot deeper and much more complicated than we ever thought. We were thinking there's two things. Either there's a collective whole of Kali Yisrael, fine, or there's a bunch of individuals. Nah, now we're saying it's not like that. That there's such a thing of that collective whole of Kali Yisrael in packaged as individuals. That's something altogether different. And that, that's what Tarsh Balpeh is. And that's exactly what Tarsh Balpeh is. It's the same Dvar Hashem of Nevuah, which is this, 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 the, the expression of the Jewish people, but in such a way where it's not on other people's chesed, because there's multiple layers. There are millions of layers to that entity that's called Kali Yisrael. And every single one of those layers is one individual person of Kali Yisrael. And so every single one of us is a different universe. Every single one of us is a different different layer of that onion <laughs> that's called Klai Yisrael. That, that's, that's what we are. And so, so and, and everything, and if a person comes up with, a, with an insight of Torah that's true and that's real, that's, that's a Klai Yisrael experience. That's, that's a gain for all of Klai Yisrael. And, and, it's, and every single Yid should want to learn that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to agree with it. Because your portion of Klai Yisrael can be saying, don't go to war. Whereas that person's chelikol kal Yisrael is saying go to war. And that's not a stira. It's a stira in terms of how to function. So you have to paskin. We have to come up with a psak. Okay, halach is like basila. But conceptually, Bisham Basil are both saying, both, both saying, Kim Chaim. And he says like this, Raka Chilak, what's the difference between Nevuah and Tarsh Balpeh? So again, four lines in, we'll finish with this. The Nevuah who kayam Hashem. A Nevuah is, this is what Hashem said. So it's out in the open. So it's out in the open. There's no distinction, there's no, there's no wiggle room. Does is does. Go to war, don't go to war. If you have two Nevi'im that contradict each other, one of them is lying. This is the way it is. There's no other option. The word Navi comes from the word Niv. The Rashi says in Chumash, the word Niv. That's the, the clear utterance of Hashem. The word of Hashem is in the Navi's mouth. The Navi's throat. And this, the words of the Navi are expressing that in a clear way. What Hashem is saying. And, and, and when you're dealing with things out in the open, then you can't be so complicated. In other words, Tarsh Valpeh is much more mysterious. It's much more mysterious. Because Klai Yisrael is in exile. See, this is one of the great Vinahapechus that Ratzalik does very often is that we tend to think is that the times of Beis HaMikdash is much greater than the times that we're in right now. Yes and no. In terms of revealed godliness and revealed expression of, of Knesset Yisrael, of Adah, Beis HaMikdash is much greater than now. But because things are in hiding now, so things, there's, there, there, you know, it's like, it's like, um, when you're when you're when you're forced to be out in the open amongst other people, you have to sort of tone it down a little bit. You got to like package it the way people can understand. But when you when you're in the privacy of your own house, you could be yourself. You know what I'm saying? So in in Golas, Kiviachal, Klal can really be itself. And what what are we when we're by ourselves and we could just be ourselves? Super complicated and super infinite and super complex and not not so black and white and not so two dimensional. But when you're outside, you gotta you know you have to be simple. You have to be straight, because people are not able to handle that. So in the Beis HaMikdash time period, where Klai Yisrael was on the front page, okay, so you have, to, you have to play the game. And part of the game of this world is, two things can't coexist at the same time. Two opposite things can't coexist at the same time. So, so on the outside, since Klai Yisrael is out in the open with Nevuah in a revealed way, so, so, so uh, should we go to war or not go to war? Like, what is Klai Yisrael saying? So ask the Navi, and there's only one answer. But no, now all of a sudden that Klai Yisrael goes into the, into the recesses of that hidden place, Klai Yisrael could actually be itself. And when Klai Yisrael is itself, it's much more complicated than just the black and white go to war, not go to war. It's infinite. 
it's infinite, and both could be true. Uh, now when you get to the front lines, okay, now we have to know what to do. Okay, then you have to pass in the shy, we have to know which, which way to go with. But but Be'etzem? The mystery of Knesset Yisrael is much more apparent, Davke in Galas, than it, is, than it was with the Beis HaMikdash. The Chiddush of Yemais HaMashiach, and this is where we're going to see Be'etz Hashem going forward as well, is that Yemais HaMashiach is when Klai Yisrael comes back to the front page, but we come back to the front page with all of the secrets and all of the mystery and all of the nuance that's been developing over the years of Golas. So when Mashiach comes, it's not going back to Bayez Rishon, where it's just Nevuah and all the complexity and nuance and multiple truths of Tarsh Balpeh is gone. No, no, no. What happens with Yemais Mashiach is that now the Nevuah, the, 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 the multi-layered and complex and infinite system of Kal Yisrael that will emerge on the surface. And all of a sudden it will become clear how this Yid who is screaming that this is the way their Rabbanishal wants you to live. And this Yid, this Tzaddik that's been screaming his whole life, no, this is the way their Rabbanishal wants you to live. And we all officially say but we don't ever really believe it. But when Mashiach comes, it's going to be clear that and each one was speaking the absolute truth that was emerging out of Knesset Yisrael. And just Knesset Yisrael at that time was in a hidden way where it was able to speak from two sides of its mouth. And both sides were expressions of some truth. And even though at the time we had to sort of divide up our camps and say, okay, I'm going to go with that tzaddik, I'm going to go with that tzaddik, but when Mashiach comes, it's going to be revealed how all of these tzaddikim were speaking on behalf of Klai Yisrael and were emerging out of Klai Yisrael. But Klai Yisrael was in hiding amongst every individual tzaddik, every individual Jew. And at that time, because it was not out in the open, the, the unbelievable depth and mystery of Klai Yisrael was able to express itself. And so that's the mystery of, 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 of the coming of Mashiach is when you have what's been cooking on the inside and really this, this unbelievable mystery and Klai Yisrael finding its infinite kaiches and infinite powers much more so than it realized it had during the times of the Beis HaMikdash. That's what's going to emerge out in the open with the coming of Mashiach. No? We should be excited to experience that, that Malchus based David should come out of Golas and it, like I said, it comes out of Gaulus much, much stronger and much deeper than it was before it went into Gaulus. Okay, Shkaya.